This is your Tuesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. A lot to get to today. Phil Miller, Twins beat writer, will join me here in a little bit to talk Twins 18 and 11 this season. Phil and I will talk about how that record has surprised me, maybe has surprised him a little bit as well, especially after that 4-8 and eight start, especially knowing what we thought we knew about this team coming into the year after a 73-89 and 89 season a year ago. But the test gets tougher, at least temporarily, with Houston coming to town for a series starting tonight. Got to get to the wild, pivotal game five against St. Louis tonight at XL Energy Center. Whoever wins this one will have a huge upper hand in this series and plenty at stake for some of the key stakeholders in the game as well. Going to talk a little bit of Grizzlies and Warriors. Interesting game on Monday night as uh, Golden State took a 3-1 series lead. Some sad news out of Timberwolves' world. And a recruiting update from both Gophers basketball and Gophers football. But first, what did I miss? Let's start with the Wild because... Not only is that the biggest story in town by far, the biggest game tonight by far, but I think Sarah McClellan had an interesting story in Tuesday's paper and on StarTribune.com just taking a look at the Kevin Fiala, Frederick Goudreau, and Matt Boldy line that has been by and large missing in this series. They got going a little bit in Game 4 in the third period, Maybe the Wild can be optimistic that that carries forward into Game 5. But by and large, until Matt Boldy had scored in that period to cut that deficit to 3-2, to two, that line had not scored together in, in the playoffs. And Gaudreau had a playoff, uh, had a power play goal. But that line had not contributed a goal and is not getting a lot of chances um, during 5-on-5 five five play. You know, and this is after Kevin Fiala... You know, two things about Kevin Fiala. One, this is after Fiala did not have a good playoffs a year ago, and maybe that contributed to him not getting that long-term contract from the Wild that I'm sure he was hoping for. They got that, and they kind of pushed that down the road to a degree. He's you know kind of on a prove-it year, and during the regular season, especially you know the last month, two months of the season, he was proving it every single night. He was one of their best players, without a doubt. You know, finished second on the team in points behind Kirill Kaprizov. He had 85 points on 33 goals, 52 assists, was earning a lot of praise from head coach Dean Evison. But that has changed in the playoffs. I don't think he's been bad necessarily. And obviously, anytime you have such a small sample size as four playoff games so far and you haven't scored yet, it tends to be magnified if he gets Two goals in Game 5, all of a sudden it looks like his stats are fine. But until it happens, you're just kind of like, well, what what are you getting in the playoffs from Kevin Fiala? And what does that mean for what you think of him long-term? He's such a dangerous player, but he also has these moments where he kind of recedes from the action, where he, you want more from him. And, you know, the Wild has been fine in this series with without him they did take that 2-1 series lead even though his line wasn't producing you know now 2-2 they've got two of the final three scheduled games at XL Energy Center they're still in good shape to win this series but at some point you know even if they 
get past St. Louis without Fiala and that line having a major impact. They're going to need this line because Colorado's sitting there waiting for them next. You can't go into a Colorado series. And again, not getting ahead of myself. you got to beat St. Louis first, and St. Louis is a very good team. But at some point in the playoffs, you're going to need that line to to produce, and they just aren't right now, and they're not even getting a lot of chances right now. So, you know, we might fixate on, you know, the goalie stuff and other stuff in this series, you know, who's going to play. Um, I think pretty clear at this point it's probably going to be Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, Dean Evison's been pretty steadfast in that decision. But uh, the Kevin Fiala stuff is interesting to me just because you need to get that line going if you're going to have a chance. And right now, that line is not going the way you want it to. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. I'm very happy to be joined on Daily Delivery today by Phil Miller, one of our Twins beat writers at the Star Tribune. Phil, I got to be honest, and I've said this a couple times on the show already, maybe not to you. Um, I didn't think this team was going to be very good this year. I certainly didn't think the Twins were going to be very good when they started 4-8, and eight, and I am shocked that they have gone 14-3. and three in their last 17 games to be in first place in the AL Central, 18-11, and 11, heading into this series with Houston, a step up in competition, at least temporarily, like we talked about before we started recording. Um, aside from a little bit of everything and being good in close games, which I'll mention here in a minute, what, how, how, is, how did 14-3 and three happen? Mike, you didn't foresee a team that opened uh, training camp with two legitimate starting pitchers having um, perhaps the uh, most uh, dependable rotation in the league, even as four members of it have now gotten hurt. Um, yeah, I, I, we didn't see this coming. I thought their lineup would be really good. I thought that they would uh, be one of the best hitting teams in the league. But I thought they'd lose a lot of uh, nine to nine to seven games. And uh it seems like every day now it's one to nothing and three to two last uh, yesterday, four to three. And uh, yeah, not only are they, uh, not only are they playing games we didn't expect, but they're winning them. It's it, the pitching has been started startlingly good. Uh, and just on a daily basis, uh, you can, you can barely think, especially during these last three weeks, you can barely think of a, uh, of a starter that hasn't uh, been really good outside of Dylan Bundy. Uh, and, you know, it, it, they don't have to stick with him very long if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't turn it around because uh, Josh Winders has had uh, two starts and has yet to give up an earned run. Yeah, gonna... It's, <laughs> it's pitching and uh, we didn't see it coming. I was going to ask you about Josh Winder because we've, we've been very focused on, Joe Ryan, and for good reason, he's pitched very well for them so far this year, too. Um, you know, the, a lot of strikeouts, not a lot of hits, putting together some good outings. But yeah, my goodness, what Winder, both of his starts with a six innings, no earned runs in both of them, and, you know, narrow wins in each case. Yeah, uh, he came to camp. Uh, I, I think they had a lot of faith in him, and he came to camp um, as 
the long reliever as they intended to do that. And what I think has really been noticeable, in addition to the, the other pitchers going down and giving him opportunities, is how they learned from their experience last year with Randy Dobnak. They uh, brought him to camp and, and kind of gave him the same thing. You're the fifth, sixth, seventh starter. You're going to come along. You're going to get long relief roles um, and, you know, make a spot start here and there because they like to give their pitchers extra time off, especially early in the year. Um, and then Dobnak didn't pitch. He sat around and uh, only had uh, just a handful of innings in April. And by the time they actually needed him, uh, he was a mess. Uh, he hadn't, he hadn't pitched. He wasn't ready. And it, uh, it kind of uh, blew up his season and, you know, uh, hey, twins have to hope not his career. Uh, he developed an injury that, uh, I think is probably unrelated, but, um, that, that experience, I think taught the twins, um, you can't just expect a guy like that to get, uh, pitching assignments, um, by the vagaries of the day-to-day schedule. So they, they penciled in some appearances for him early to keep him sharp, keep him pitching without doing too much to hamper his availability for, uh, for when, uh, Sonny Gray walks off the mound with a hamstring problem or, uh, uh, you know, they could have used him yesterday when Chris Paddock had the same thing. That's kind of the role they saw. They gave him more work when they needed a uh, fill-in starter. He was ready, and, uh, and he has really lived up to his billing. He was always considered the most advanced prospect, pitching prospect uh, in the, uh, in the uh, system, him and Johan uh, Duran. But uh, he's, really, he's really lived up to that billing now. Now, we've been waiting for a while. I mean, Derek Falvey, when he was hired five years ago, came in with the reputation of being kind of a, a pitching fixer to a certain degree. And, you know, there's not like they haven't had any pitching, but it, it had been a while really until they had, since they had developed someone, you know, aside from Jose Barrios, who, you know, probably was already here when, when those guys got here now with with what we're seeing from Joe Ryan obviously that's a that's a trade but they've they've kind of done some things with him what you're seeing with Josh Winder what you've seen with what you've seen with Bailey Ober before he got hurt what you've seen from Joan Duran in the bullpen is that evidence of this kind of arriving or are we still kind of wait and see on on kind of how good the pitching really is and how much they've developed it at this point well you never can tell uh the the last jump is the biggest and you you can't uh be too certain but i will say that uh all signs are great and the great bulk of that pitching has not yet arrived i mean uh, duran and winder are the uh the first uh part of the first wave but uh they feel really good about uh uh in the uh in the system Uh, we've got a couple of guys at wichita that uh um, they think uh, we'll be ready by next year. Uh, um, Cole Sands is uh, is kind of the designated up and down guy this year, but uh, he'll probably have a bigger role. And uh, you know Bailey Ober is uh, is a Twins in house uh, prospect, so they have uh, they have done a pretty good job of so far of bringing up uh, the first wave. You know, it takes uh, it takes so long to draft and then develop pitchers. And uh, I, I think we're starting to see uh, the results of that. I, I know there is a lot of optimism that 
just as homegrown as their lineup is right now, that the pitching staff will be will look similar to that in uh, in about two years. Well, that'd be pretty impressive if it was because the guys in it so far are awfully impressive right now. I don't know where they rank in starter ERA, but it's got to be still you know top five. And what was even more surprising to me is just parsing the numbers earlier on Monday. I believe there's six in the majors in bullpen ERA now. Um, and a lot of that's, you know, kind of piece by piece, but, you know, again, they traded their best, most reliable relief pitcher essentially the day before the season started Taylor Rogers. And he's been fantastic for the Padres so far this year. I don't know if he's even given up a run yet this year. I don't think he has, he's got something like 11 saves right now, but the guys they do have in here. And, you know, it's been a little bit of Cody Stashak here. Duffy's pitched better Duran, of course, and then our guy Emilio Pagan, who's given up like 8,000 base runners, but only like two runs and every save situation. He's had two save situations this year where he has loaded the bases and gone to a 3-2 count with a one-run lead before getting a strikeout to end the game. So about as close as you can get to you know, tipping the scales and giving up at least the tying run, but he has you know, been effective enough, at least in keeping runs out of, you know, runs from scoring. He's, he's an adventure. How do you describe the, the bullpen so far? I think Pagan is just an effort to increase uh, uh, Valley Sports Network's ratings. I think <laughs> uh, players stick around to the end. Uh, uh, it, it has, uh, for one thing, the starters ERA, by the way, is second in the, in the yeah. American League, t- tied with Houston, who uh, comes to town next. So, um, we'll, uh, we'll see how long, uh, they can keep that up, but the, yeah, the bullpen, uh, the bullpen you would say is the remarkable story of the season. If it hadn't been for the pitching rotation, uh, and I, I will say the one caveat, uh, offense is down all over the league. Uh, it's, it's pretty clear that something is, is up with the conditions of the game. Uh, you know, there's April weather and so offense is always down early and, you know, maybe the humidors uh, that are now in every ballpark are having an effect, but um, the, but even relative to the rest of the league, the Twins are among the best. So uh, there is some real uh, uh, improvement there. Um, yeah, I, in talking to the relievers uh, uh, this weekend, Tyler Duffy was saying that uh, that you can just feel the confidence in the uh, bullpen now that. Uh, one guy's success uh, leads to the next guy uh, being ready. Uh, I I think the addition of Joe Smith, a veteran who has seen it all in 17 years, uh, who's, who's pitched more games than, uh, than all but about 40 players in major league history. I I think he has a big effect. He has a, a very uh, lighthearted, um, uh, we're all in this together kind of attitude uh, and then very businesslike when, uh, when it comes down to pitching. Um, I, I think the young guys uh, have kind of flocked to them and, and seen that, um, you know, you're not going to be perfect, but uh, you don't have to be that, uh, uh, you know, you don't want to take it to the extremes like gone, but uh, the philosophy of strike throwing and, uh, and not getting, uh, too uptight about one mistake here and there is uh, is paying off. But yeah, I can't say we saw this coming uh, either. I honestly thought Taylor Rogers was going to have this year for the Twins. 
Right. And that's the, you know, that's the stunning part. You know, they did get, uh, they did get, uh, you know, Pagan back for him. They got Paddock. So it's not like it was a, a net, uh, you know, a net loss necessarily, but it, it is interesting just to, to see how that has all kind of shaken out. Now, you know, this 14 and three run, they've seven and zero in one run games. I think, you know, five of those were either two to one or one to nothing. Um, now, first off, you know, like you said, scoring across baseball is down. Do you like this kind of baseball that's being played right now? The probably a little bit quicker to a certain degree and a little bit, you know, crisper at times, but not a lot of offense necessarily. Yeah. And I can't say that it's been really uh, crisp. I, I, I will say this is an aside. I, I went to the uh, Saints game on Thursday night because I was not on the, I was not on the trip to Baltimore uh, and they're using the pitch clock in, uh, in AAA. And it was really noticeable how, uh, how, how much quicker the game moves along. They're, you don't even notice the, the pitch clock that they just play faster. So uh, um, I was unsure about that, but I'm much more of a proponent now having uh, witnessed it. Uh, but back to the major leagues, uh, I don't, uh, I don't mind this brand of baseball, uh, but I do think back to the 2019 uh, season when uh, the twins set the uh, home run record and how, how there was an air of, you know what? Uh, don't turn your head because something's about to happen. And uh, now there is more an air of, uh, you know, you can go run errands uh, for an inning or two and you're probably not going to miss much. One thing it does do, it, it makes your scoring chances uh, much more um, valuable and much more important. And so when you have runners on base, you can feel the tension rise a little bit, I think, uh, more than uh, you have in the past. Um, but there's too many strikeouts. I, I think the brand of baseball, I think MLB understands that they have a problem with uh, the way the, the game is now. They need to find uh, a middle ground between the all-out scoring three years ago and the uh, lack of scoring now. But, you know, it, it, we have this discussion every April and May, and that part of me thinks, you know, give it another month and temperatures will be in the 90s and uh, – and scoring will rise with it. Temperatures might be the nineties here on Thursday, the way they're, uh, the way they're talking about it, but yeah, consistently you're right. It could offense always catches up a little bit, especially this year with the abbreviated spring training hitters, probably still catching their timing a little bit more as they catch up to the pitchers, um, you know, 14 and three, like I said, seven and zero in one run games, the pitching has been great. What of this feels sustainable or closest to close to sustainable and what of this feels like it's you know due for a significant regression or correction as time goes on well i i i feel uh i think that the starting pitching is uh is going to be maybe not the second best in the league uh all season but i i think they have some depth behind it now i think uh, they're planning to uh to add to it as the season goes on, I I don't think that they will stick with a with a Jay Happ or a Matt Shoemaker like they did last year. I um, I think there's good reason to believe that you know we what have they gotten uh, ten innings out of Sonny Gray so far this year? I mean right. he, he's the guy that they traded for to head up the staff. And one thing about being around Sonny Gray, he's very very competitive, and it, it is you can tell it's driving him crazy that he's not. 
um, that he hasn't been a bigger part of this. So I, I think there's reason to believe that uh, that they've got a lot more coming from him. I think Chris Archer, I'll be interested to see it. it I, I believe Chris Archer faces Justin Verlander uh, uh, Wednesday night. Uh, I, that will be uh, an inter- interesting game. Uh, but I wouldn't say Archer is has established his level yet, but uh, all signs uh, are, uh, are pretty good. And then I thought in spring training that Bailey Ober was going to be the most valuable pitcher on this team. Um, he got sidetracked by a minor injury, but I think the best is yet to come from him. I, I think the pitching is sustainable. It's worth noting that the uh, that this hot streak might be sustainable just given the schedule that's coming up. The sure. Astros are, are a good uh, test this week, and then uh, the Guardians come in for the weekend. Then they, they go to Oakland to play a team that we saw is really hurting uh, without uh, after having traded away most of their offense. Uh, and then it's Kansas City and Detroit and Kansas City and Detroit for two solid weeks. And uh, there's, a, there's a chance the Twins could uh, move, uh, move to the top of the division. Well, they're at the top of the division, but there's some space between them and the division. Uh, by the end of this month. I see the White Sox have been playing better lately. I think they'd won six in a row through Sunday, so maybe not going to run away with it. But you're right, this division is not great. It's kind of settling in as it has in a lot of previous years with Kansas City and Detroit on the bottom, Cleveland and Chicago you know, being reasonably good, but the Twins also being reasonably good and having every bit of a chance to win the AL Central. Um, last thought for you, Phil, any update on Carlos Correa, Byron Bucks? I mean, they've, they've had a lot of minor to major injuries already, especially to the lineup when you talk about those two guys, Kirilov, Sano, now Larnik on the injured list. I probably am forgetting one or two even. Um, you know, they've been able to kind of get past it with, with the pitching, but they can't have Buxton and Correa out for too long. No, they can't. And uh, I, I, Byron Buxton sounded uh, pretty confident that he'll be in the lineup tomorrow, uh, or I guess today uh, when uh, this uh, is out. Um, I don't think that uh, his injury was – his injury is a nagging thing that uh, is the kind of thing that drives Twins fans crazy because Rocco will give him a day off uh, uh, once a week just to, uh, just to keep the nagging stuff from becoming too big a problem. Carlos Correa. Uh, I don't think he'll play this week. I would not be surprised if he winds up on the injured list uh, dated back to when he got hit last Thursday. He's already missed. Today will be four four or five days anyway. Yeah. So it would really only cost him another week. He said he can't grip a bat yet. He hasn't been able to throw. The finger is is, uh, still hurts when he he uses it. So um, he's very optimistic that he'll be back soon and mostly in uh in the context of he thought he was going to be out for 10 weeks a couple of days ago so one week isn't bad i I, maybe i'm wrong maybe he'll be back uh by the weekend i don't think he'll play against his old teammates this week and i suspect that we will hear soon that he's gonna that'll put him on the injured list and one problem the Twins do have is that they don't have any position players uh, healthy enough to uh, on the 40-man roster to call up. So uh, 
that's something they're wrestling with as well because injuries have been nuts again uh, earlier this year. Well, we'll see. We got to look at Royce Lewis. We're getting a look at Jose Miranda. He's, you know, they've both done some things. So, you know, I guess the, not the upside of injuries, but the, you know, when opportunities are created, you start to see the next wave and guys they're going to have to depend on in, you know, 2023 and beyond. Right. Yeah, it's exciting that, that, you know, I don't think anyone believes Royce Lewis is going to stay up permanently like uh, he had uh, vowed that when he was ready. This is an early call up for him, but it's a good chance to see what he can do and give him a taste of it. And so far, uh, he does not look overmatched. He does not look uh, overwhelmed. Uh, We'll see uh, how facing uh, Astros pitching for a few days uh, affects him. But, uh, you know, that's one of the best. in, amid all the injuries, that's one of the uh, bright spots is they're getting an early look uh, and he will go down uh, to St. Paul in another week or so with uh, the knowledge of what he needs to work on and how close he is. And the truth is he, uh, he looks very close and uh, considering Carlos Correa's contract is, is more or less up at the end of the year. Uh, that'll give the twins a lot of information for uh, later on. Well, Good stuff, Phil. Good catching up with you. Enjoy covering this uh, first place team, like we all saw coming uh, two and a half weeks ago. Yep, uh, I haven't uh, haven't done the playoff preview yet. I'm not sure who they would play in the first round, but we'll we'll get to that soon enough. Yeah, get get to the parade route right after that. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Mike. It was good catching up with Phil Miller. You know, Twins had a chance to kind of you know recede. Um, into into the kind of the background here of of the season when they started so poorly and you had the Timberwolves in the playoffs at that time. Now you have the Wild in the playoffs. It kind of seemed like maybe they were going to be nice cover for a tough start to this team. And now they're making us take notice. They are making us take you know pay attention to them and the you know just how they're playing right now. It looks like tonight should be a very nice night for baseball. I'll be interested to see. What the crowds look like this uh, this weekend, or the, you know this week for for Houston, which you know still it's a midweek series, but it is a better opponent at least. See if they can get some better crowds here because those crowds have not been great right now. Let's finish with a couple of different thoughts. First, a sad one: Adrian Payne, former Timberwolves player. Dead, age 31, a gunshot wound um, down in Florida. And, you know, he was with the Wolves for parts of three seasons. Um, just 31 years old. I remember, I just remember him playing, remember watching him play. He was, <clears throat> you know, first first round pick. Wolves traded for him. Um, you know, I think uh, the, flips on, the late Flip Saunders was a big, uh, was a big, uh, Adrian Payne supporter never quite worked out here but you know you just anytime something like this ends in tragedy age 31 it just makes you pause and think about the precariousness of life let's talk a little bit more NBA Grizzlies and Warriors Warriors take a 3-1 series lead Memphis blows a double digit Fourth quarter lead in that game. No John Morant. Memphis was, you know, on their way to maybe evening that series, but they cannot. And here's my thought about that. Kind of feels like Memphis is the team that people in Minnesota should be rooting for, right? It's a smaller market team. 
They've got Tyus Jones on the team. Golden State has fleeced the Wolves over the years. They took Steph Curry. They maybe got the better of the D'Angelo Russell-Andrew Wiggins trade with that extra draft pick. Every step of the way, it feels like the Warriors have had the Wolves number. It feels like the Warriors are absolutely the last team you would want to see win a series. But playoffs are a funny thing. There was a little bit of glee, I think, in watching Memphis squander that lead and maybe get bounced here soon from the playoffs. I don't know why necessarily that would be. I mean, like I said, practically speaking, Memphis seems like a team you'd want to root for, but there was a small part of the, you know, the, the, the rooting public, and I think I had a feeling of that myself, that was happy to see them lose that game on Monday night. Let's finish with the cooler. Gophers men's basketball picks up another recruit. Might be their last one um, right now. You saw the uh, the Denzel clip on Twitter from uh, uh, from uh, from head coach Ben Johnson. They got Dartmouth graduate transfer Taurus Samuels. Um, you know, a guy that should provide some backcourt depth. Six one senior, averaged nine point four points from with Dartmouth last season. You know. Going to need players like that this year, some experience, some, you know, like I said, some depth on this team as they try to rebuild and replace some of their other players. So good work by Ben Johnson. P.J. Fleck got one a couple days ago when he got a uh, offensive lineman to commit. Saw that bad signal. Now I've got someone, uh, Money Banks, tweets me every time now that the, uh, the, the bat signal for P.J. Fleck or the Denzel clip goes up for Ben Johnson, so I appreciate that, Money Banks. Thank you very much. That will do it for today. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Going to be going deep on the Wild on Wednesday's show, so uh, get ready for that huge Game 5 tonight. Be back at it again on Wednesday.